On this week's Not Another Marketing Podcast, we're talking remote communication skills with the president and CEO of Bow Digital, Wayne Stanley. Now, Bow works remotely, and Wayne kind of explains how they communicate efficiently and without too many issues. We talk communication apps far too many of them, uh, what Wayne's comms strategy looks like and how they communicate as a team and also to their clients as well. There's lots of great advice here. Uh, Check out the links in the show notes. Subscribe if you enjoy the pod. Uh, The first question I asked Wayne was about apps. We have so many apps to help us communicate, but we still get overwhelmed. I had 147 messages one day on Slack. Yeah, I really did. Uh, Are we using these apps wrong? I think that's a really great uh, thought because, you know, the average person these days has over 80 apps on their phone at any given time. Um, So when you count everything that you have on your your desktop for work and everything else, it gets really insane. So, yeah, I do think that we're likely using them wrong and we focus on that a lot. You know, my company is fully remote and we have been from our inception. And so we focus on effective communication within uh, some of those apps in particular, but um, it's it's really hard to kind of develop the right, you know, processes and protocols to help train your team to communicate efficiently mm. and to not waste everybody's time. Because like you said, you can step away for a very short period and come back and be totally overwhelmed, let alone when you go on vacation or anything else. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been remote since my inception in a way, which which I'm pretty sure was a, I'm a lot older than you, so it was a lot longer ago. When when was your inception? When when did you start remote? When did you start the business? I started the company in 2017. I had worked essentially remote for my previous organization for a couple of years prior to that, but uh, 2017 is when I started Bow Digital, and we've been. Uh, a fully remote company ever since, which made operating through the pandemic uh, much easier for us compared to others. But um, as you know, it's not it's not always the easiest, and not everybody yeah. always understands it. Now, because I started 1996, which is wow, kind of, which is kind kind of makes me feel really freaking old now. That does, yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, I was completely remote, work from home then and, and and still do and, and do now and in various times in offices and places and things um it, it was a lot easier before smartphones is this controversial because we we think are we are we told that it's easier because we have a smartphone whereas it actually was easier without the freaking phone oh i'm sure i'm sure that it was less headaches than mm. you know i I live and I love my Apple Watch, um, and I've tried to, in the last couple of months especially, to really transition away from communication through that device and just focusing on the health benefits, because I do think that it can be helpful in that way, but um, the smartphone piece has definitely made it much more difficult. I think, you know, I I recorded a video this morning for our team about uh, even old school phrases like telecommuting, you know, that that's still something that's yeah. used a lot. And it was because back, you know, when you started in 96, if you were working remotely, it basically just meant that you were phoning into everything. There wasn't the, the video side to this. There wasn't yeah. the constant connectivity. And I think that's probably the hardest piece for people that work remotely now with the advent of the smartphone is the 24-7 connectedness. And if you don't set up the right um boundaries mm. for that then i think it can really hurt you yeah absolutely I, I i i'm a big believer that like 
a, a half hour like Zoom meeting, Teams meeting, or whatever, it c- could quite easily just be a five minute phone call. I don't know. I just feel so old by saying that. <laughs> we we rely on video a lot uh, in my organization because of the the since we're all remote, it's how I try to get our team to connect on a human level. Yeah. Um, but I try to focus on what I continue to call purposeful communication. So yeah. you're right. A lot of those zooms can devolve very quickly and i think you have to you have to be an adult which is hard for some folks these days and you have to kind of decide is this worth the time or not and if the purpose of what you're doing is for connectivity then yeah yeah, the video piece may make more sense on a zoom if the purpose is efficiency communication or tasking then a call an email some other form of messaging may be more appropriate yeah absolutely yeah one thing which and it goes with email as well because i mean i was using email back in 1996 i wasn't it wasn't like having to like write letters and post them to people it wasn't quite as bad as that um but um but 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 it's like that this conversation we're having if if we if we talk for like 20 25 minutes that's that's going to be 6000 to 7000 words right if when right. i turn this if i turn it into a tran- transcription right transcribe it right that's a hell of a lot to read but it's not quite so much to listen to is it right it's it's really fascinating how our brain can translate the audio versus what we read textually versus what we consume Hmm. via video and i think that that's why you see huge trends in video right now where most people aren't watching or listening rather to video with their uh, sound on. They are watching videos with text on screen because mm. that's a little easier for them to uh, to comprehend or to consume. And so you're seeing that that sort of transition where obviously podcasts like this are really wonderful and people consume them in, in one way. But then there's this whole trend, especially with people under 40, of, you know, that never ever having their, their audio on and they're looking at... Yeah. Um, words with you know animations or whatever else that may be in video and so I don't know where that that trend will lead into the future but it makes it even harder to communicate than I think before yeah because because if we kind of like over the period of a few hours had a 20 minute slack conversation we could be writing three or four thousand words right do, do you think it's easier to consume the words and understand the words than it is if it was just a video call which which do you think works best my personal opinion, I, I'm what many would classify as an elder millennial. I am uh, nearly 40 years old, and so I kind of bridge that gap, I think, between some things that are a little more older tech and then trying to adopt new tech as fast as possible. But for the way that I approach it with our team and with our customers is I often say, look, if you're going back and forth on Slack messages and mm. it's more than four or five messages you should just jump on a quick call for us because we're completely remote. And because I want our team to feel connected often, I suggest that that should be a video call just so that you can read someone's face. You can see if they're multitasking because sometimes that's why those messages get garbled and are not, you know, easily, uh, understood by the other Mm. party because they're actually doing five other things they've got six other chats going and they're not asking the right questions you're not giving the right information and usually a call especially where you can read someone's body language face and all of that it can be again a little more purposeful and so 
that's how I try to think about it. I think that mm. definitely there there is the case sometimes for purely Slack messaging or for um, email communication or whatever. But I think if you're if you're trying to be more effective with it and you really make that a, a team goal and not yeah. just something that you are individually, you know, excelled at, then I think that can go a lot further for you. Yeah, I like that, that you're actually kind of like thinking about how you're doing the conversation, because that 147 Slack messages I, I, I came came to, it, it was things like, can we try the font one size bigger? Actually, no. And then two minutes later, it was like, actually, no, I thought about it. Um, let's change the font and let's make it slightly smaller. And then two minutes later, another message. Can we, can we try it in this colour? And it's like... As an old person, I think to myself, why haven't you thought out exactly what you want and then right. just said it instead of saying it as you're saying it in your head on Slack and making everybody read it? <laughs> exactly. That drives me nuts because sometimes it is stream of consciousness for people. Yes. And it's the way, you know, some people, if you if you text with anyone in your life, you yeah. know that there are those those that put a very long message in one text message and then there are others that every little thought is an individual text and so you can come back to your phone after you know even doing something simple like walking down the hallway and coming back yeah. and you've got 15 text messages from one person it's, and it's all just individual yeah. stream of consciousness like you were just saying well i, I changed my mind and i thought this and it's yeah. like I don't need to know the thoughts going through your head. I just need to know how you would have a normal human yeah. conversation in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So, so when when you kind of like started, did, did you did you think about a remote communication strategy at all, and how you should be talking to each other in that? Yes, when I, it was really important for me for us to still feel like we were a cohesive team and mm. that people were getting the communication that they want and I knew that they're you know having experienced that world of remote work a little bit prior to starting my own company I really was focused on making sure that we balanced that line of communicating enough so that people feel informed and that they uh, can share their opinions and that they have a best friend at work and all the normal stuff that yeah. HR teams are focused on these days. But then also how to make sure that people don't feel like I'm always in a meeting or I'm, I'm always on these video calls and it's, it's for nothing. You know, if you're, if you're on a video call and you're always on mute, you know, 90% of your video calls, you're just on mute and you're info gathering, the, your, your manager should be recording that call and you can watch the recording or listen to the recording. You know, yeah. I think that that whole purposeful participation piece was really important. And my strategy from the beginning was to set expectations. So yeah. for meetings, calls, video conferences, whatever it is that we have, I try to make sure that my team knows what's expected of them. So why are you participating in this? Um, and and vice versa for them. When they set meetings and things like that, we want them to do the same thing. Yeah. Have you got some, some sort of guidelines? Is there a written guideline or a workflow or a bit of training that happens? We do. We definitely do training. And we, we from the outset, even in our hiring process, we really explain what remote work means for us. And for some, you know, remote work these days is a meme um, or it's, mm. it's almost a caricature of itself of people that joke like, you know, do, am I wearing pants yes. to work and stuff like that? And we just, that's, we focus on the work part of remote yeah. work and we explain that, 
you know, people in our application process will be very honest and they'll say, I, I want to work at a fully remote company because I want to save money on childcare or yeah. I don't want to have to wear dress clothes anymore. And yeah. we'll say, well, you know, this is still uh, a virtual office and this is still a professional setting. And so these are our expectations. Yeah. So we have a little bit of that. And then on the communication side, we don't have any super specific written policies for it other than, you know, we do promote video calls as often as we can, um, especially for internal stuff, for brainstorming and things so that people again have that, that time together. And then also the setting expectations that is a, a priority for us where we we tell folks that you know if you want somebody to come and be a um useful uh person a useful teammate on your meeting or your uh client meeting then you've got to tell them why they're there otherwise they just think that they're passively participating and that's not what we want no 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 are you in different time zones um our customers are we're in right. we're in multiple time zones with our customers most of our team is within two different time zones in the u.s right. right right so you haven't got a huge problem with with kind of like having to make sure everybody knows to, to wait eight hours for somebody to wake up right right yeah yeah that's 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 useful that's useful um you mentioned earlier about how many apps we have on our phones 80 apps i probably beat that to be honest with you probably got a few more than that um is there too much technology because i mean i think at one point google had about eight or ten different messaging apps is there just too much of it i i think in some ways and that's why you're starting to see i think some some mergers and things like that mm. happening because i mean a good example of that within the within the apps that we have on our phone in the united states the average user nine of those apps are streaming apps and yeah. it's like you can only stream so much yes. in a week you know you, even if you uh, are not working, you know, there's only so much that you can do. And there, and so I think when you think about that alone, um, in the streaming world, when you think about, and you know, in your world with, with podcasting and stuff, I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of crowded right now. And so I don't, I don't know where this heads into the future, but I do think that there is, um, I, I think that as we move forward with things that are happening with artificial intelligence and other automations, I think that that's going to continue to evolve where we're at. So I don't know that there's going to continue to be even mm. more. I just think it's going to change the way it looks and operates in a big way. So how do you work with clients? Because if your clients are kind of like all in with like the Microsoft thing and they've got Teams and that, and and you're, say, for example, all in with the Google and you've got Google Meet and things, or somebody else is all in with Slack and somebody else is all in with something else. How do you how do you work out who uses what? Do, do you tell the clients to use what you want? Do you use what the clients want? How does it work? We, back to setting expectations, we're mm -hmm. very open about what we use and what we're comfortable with, and we're always happy to utilize the other systems if they if they are but we're very open and honest that there are some tools you know like we for example we do not use microsoft teams at all and there are things tools and services within teams that i'm just not familiar with and i you know my job is to help market their company it's not to be an expert in every app on the planet that could be utilized for communication yeah, so yeah. we're just very honest that if there are things that they want and that they utilize in there, then we're going to need just a little bit of training um, or we're happy to use our system or something else on the in-between, which is how we've, we have, you know, been able to find some really helpful 
apps and other tools from those kinds of honest conversations, but we don't make it a priority to learn every platform out there. And I know there are some agencies that have, you know, like a, a teams expert and a Slack expert, yeah. and a Zoom expert. And that just seems like overkill to yeah, me. Yeah. 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 So, so you, when, when, when you're kind of like onboarding a new client, you would kind of like say, this is how we communicate. These are the apps which we use to communicate. And we'd really like it if you could use the same app. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that makes life a, a hell of a lot easier. How, how do you address miscommunication, misunderstandings within sort of like text-based communications? I know emojis kind of play a big part in this to say I'm not really shouting at you. Um, but, but it's easy. You know, you could wake up, couldn't you, one morning and you're in a bad mood and every line of that, that message, that, you know, the Slack thread, every line you read in an angry voice because you, you feel pissed off. I mean, how, how do you get across that? Oh, it is so easy to feel those emotions mm. that so often aren't there. Um, and one of the biggest trainings that we do as an organization is that you simply cannot read emotion into digital communications. Mm. You just can't. And it's it's hard because as humans, I think we do that inherently. But um, we really focus on that, that just you have no and we hear this adage all the time all over the world of you don't know what someone else is going through and i think that's definitely the case and you know there's always the the phrases of crap runs downhill and all that kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff yeah. so like you just you never know what what's happening on the reverse side of that communication and so for us yeah. that's where i'm like it is always okay to ask for clarification you should always pick up the phone and call someone i mean if you think that what's come to you is um, a problem or someone's angry or who knows what, um, you should do that. And I think part of that is just formality in communications, because I know for, for our customers, you know, we're, we're a younger team. I bet our average age as an organization is probably closer to 29 or 30. Yeah. And a lot of our customers, the average age is probably 62. And so right, right. the way that they communicate uh, as, you know, an older generation is much more formal in a lot of their email communications. Um, so it's a little more matter of fact, it's a little more to the point. Um, whereas, you know, our team jokes all the time, if you're under 40, everybody uses exclamation points way too much. And that's how you know, <laughs> that's, that's how they try to provide emphasis. You know, an, an older generation may bold something or underline yeah. it, yeah. Uh, but this group uses emojis and exclamation points. And so I think some of that is just the way people were taught to use email. You know, when email yeah. first came out, you were basically told to transfer all the information that you ever learned on how to write a formal letter into an electronic communication and that's it's really devolved away from that it's not yeah. nearly as formal um in most communications anymore and so i think you have to just think about that stuff to to try and not have those miscommunications and misunderstandings and like i said for ours i'm always telling our people i'm like if you think someone is uh not understanding or upset or sad or or whatever the wrong emotion is for what you're going after, you've got to just address it with them because otherwise yeah. you just, you have no idea. Yeah. And, you know, for us, we do a lot of video communication to our customers and for some of them, they've actually adopted it and provide it back to us, which is super helpful because, 
you know, in, in the marketing world, we've got customers that are insanely busy and we're asking them for small things like uh, areas for topics this month or yeah. new demographics they want to go after or who knows what. And uh, we may send them a, a long email with strategy and all kinds of stuff and then yeah. we get back a one word response. Yeah. And <laughs> it can be really disheartening, but you have to just meet people where they're at. That's kind of my big phrase for our team is meet them where they're at. Don't read more into it. Yeah. It's not your, um, your problem to, to figure that out. And I, I heard a, a really good analogy recently that so often people come to you with, uh, their hands on fire. And yeah. sometimes what you actually have to do, especially as a manager or an owner is to either put out the fire or more, more times than not, you're convincing them that, there actually is no burn yeah. what you're holding isn't a fire. Yeah. And I think the more you can train your team to understand that some of the stuff that comes to you that feels like a fire is just a miscommunication and to better understand that and learn how to, to deal with those things on their own can be really helpful. Yeah, I like the idea of kind of like taking the emotion out of it and reading things without emotion. I, well, one of my clients is a big law firm and, and whenever I, I email them things, I get, I get one word answers. I get, yep, that'll do. Uh -huh. Go for it. Yep. Things like that. And I know it's because they're prepping for court and they're really freaking busy. Right, exactly. And they haven't got time. Do, do you encourage the use of things like emo, um, emojis and emoticons and that? Because, I mean, I suppose that's what they were called originally, weren't they, emoticons? To express emotion in, in text, in, in the text we write. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think that those can help. I Our team is more of a GIF culture, so they send GIFs a yeah, lot to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, to kind of better show what they're what they're trying to get across and sometimes that's their whole reaction is just a gif you know and not an emoji and and that's fine too because i yeah. think anything that takes it a step further than the one word answer can be super helpful i i think that the reason we like gifs a little bit more than emojis is that these days so many of the emojis have secret meanings oh, especially with oh, younger yeah. people that I'm like, I don't ever want to send some vegetable that may have another <laughs> meaning to someone else when that's definitely not what I intend. So the gift can be a little more literal, but yeah. I think anything beyond just a, a textual answer can help. Yeah, because apparently the thumbs up emoji is meant to be passive aggressive now or something. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, I do that with my team because there are even some words, you know, I tell my team all the time, if I get an email back that says sure with a thumbs up, it might as well be sure with the middle finger. That's just how my <laughs> brain reads it. Uh, even though I know that nine times out of ten, that's not what they mean. No. But that's just... That's kind of where I'm at with the way I yeah. understand that stuff. Yeah, because in my head, the thumbs up emoji just means, okay. <laughs> right, exactly. And for many, that's the case. But again, you have to meet people where they're at. So like, if that's yeah. if that's how I read it, I try to make sure that my team knows that that's, that's what I... That's how I understand it, but that I also know that that's not what they intend. So it's a it's a balancing act all the time. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, you can't write with a smile on your face, really, can you? It's difficult. You can speak with a smile on your face. You can be on a Zoom meeting with a smile on your face, but it's difficult to write with a smile on your face, isn't right. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. So, so how do you kind of make the decision? that I'm going to make a, a Zoom call, a, a video call, instead of writing an email or, you know, ending up on Slack for the rest of the day. Uh, how do you make that decision? What are you, are you thinking about your communication? 
I, I think about my communication as an owner and a manager mm. all the time, 100% of the time. And I encourage our team, especially our points of contact to our customers to constantly be thinking about their communication as well. I think that the way we kind of divide it up is that if it's something that is more uh, procedural, like a how-to or a understanding facts and figures and things like that, it is better to have it in black and white. I think when we're selling strategy or branding yeah. or trying to talk about something big picture, I want them to to understand the way I mean it. And sometimes that can only happen when you can hear inflection and things like that. And so, yes, I think yeah. video is best, but also it could just be audio. And so sometimes we yeah. do just send audio clips, you know, voice memos from our iPhones and things, because, you know, I always, I talk about it as putting on my Walt Disney voice, because yeah. when I'm, um, if we've developed a new brand concept, a lot of times we deliver that these days via video, because what we've learned over the years is, even if we, when we were delivering brand concepts in person um, or via a Zoom, people still need time to digest it. They need to, they, they don't do well with immediate feedback to that kind of stuff. Or if they do, after they sleep on it, they may have other yeah. feedback. So we've really transitioned into trying to give them audio or video when it comes to that kind of big picture stuff because it allows them to revisit it and it allows them to understand very specifically what we mean and what we intend with our word choice and with what we do in branding i think that that the word choice is important yeah. so that's that's kind of that line for us of if it's something that we want them to re to visit again or to like i said procedurally that kind of stuff text makes more sense and email an email can work, but if it's something else that you're explaining that's kind of a major mind shift for them, I think video or audio is definitely the way that you should go. Yeah. And not not every customer, not every person is good at understanding all of that. You know, it's it's <laughs> sometimes yeah. you have to teach them to come along the ride with you, but in general we get a fairly good response from that that yeah. thought process. Yeah, I'm a big fan of audio, a huge fan of just audio only. I, I really am. It's um I think you you can tell something by the, by how somebody sounds and how they express themselves and the inflection in the voice. You can understand how somebody's saying something and when as soon as you put the video element in you you automatically bring in a whole load of stuff like what's my hair how do i look like what am i wearing how right. do i think what's my background like what's the lighting like and it's just and all that's distraction from what the actual thing ought to be which is just a conversation right and psychologically you know when people are reading something they can skim ahead or if they find their answer they can stop reading mm. but a lot of times with audio they're worried they're going to miss something so yeah. they will continue to listen because even if you i mean we know we can fast forward through audio and stuff but you can miss something and yeah. so in some ways it is a, a better way to keep them engaged and i do that a lot I, even on our slack messages internally if someone asks me something i try to always give the the reason behind it. So if they're if they're asking me something on my opinion, I'll explain why. Or if they're asking sort of historically why we do something the way we do, I can explain that a little bit better than if I if I was sending that back via an email or just sending a, a text back to them. I may give a one word answer, or yeah, I may yeah, yeah. 
you know, not, I'm not, I'm not teaching anyone the, the reason behind any of this. And yeah. so I think that it's a, it's a better opportunity if you can use the audio piece. Yeah. We should all, um, we should all put a piece of tape over our webcams, over our cameras, <laughs> like Mark Zuckerberg does, which was scary enough, wasn't it? it was, right. <laughs> um, Wayne, thanks ever so much for your time. Uh, where can we find you? Where's your website, social media bits? Of course, you can find us at bowdigital.com. That's B-O-W-E digital.com. And we're on Instagram with at bowdigital and on LinkedIn with bowdigital. Fantastic. I'll put some links in the show notes. Folks can um, give those a quick tap. Uh, Wayne, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. I've enjoyed it. Thanks again to Wayne for his time. Don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes. Give him a quick tap. If you've enjoyed the episode, subscribe for more Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's everywhere. Uh, Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.